I would like to share with you a funny story about a Dominican. And what makes it even funnier, it's absolutely true. And the only reason I can share it with you is because the Dominican said, you can say that it wasn't myself telling the story, but I must not say who he is. I've kept that promise for 15 years because it's such a great story. Here it is. It was summertime, and he was going for the first time to a diocesan parish. The pastor told him, I will be at the next parish for confirmation, and then staying there to have lunch with the other priest and the bishop. So, Father, my house is your house. Make yourself completely at home. Help yourself to a big lunch. If you want to take a little nap, I've got a guest room already. If you want to watch the baseball game, just make yourself at home. Well, the Dominican uh, was not very good with directions, but he found the church, and he parks, and he wanted to give himself time, so he hadn't had breakfast. After celebrating the two morning masses, he goes down the steps right next to the church. Two feet was a beautiful white brick house. The church was made of white bricks. He thought that was the rectory. The pastor forgot to tell him the rectory was right around the corner. That was a private home. He walks up the steps in his Dominican habit, and the door was open, and through the screen door, he heard a couple watching the baseball game. He thought, well, I've been invited, their family or guests or whatever. He did not even ring the doorbell. He opens the door, walks into their living room. They're surprised, but not afraid, the way he's dressed. And the man said, Father, can I help you? Oh, you just relax. Enjoy the game. I can help myself. He goes into their kitchen, makes a big lunch, doesn't want to eat it at the kitchen table. That seemed rude to him. But the dining room was much too grand. He was happy to find a TV tray. He brings in the TV tray in the living room and starts eating. But he said they seemed kind of quiet and kind of, you know, wondering what's going on here. So he said, to begin conversation, I said, are, are you enjoying your visit? They shook their heads. Father, actually, this is our home. We've lived here 10 years, and in fact, we're not even Catholic, we're Lutheran. Well, they all laughed. He had a nice lunch. When he finished his lunch, they stood up to wish him well. And the man said, now, Father, when you are at the church the next time, please join us for lunch. And the wife said, if you find the door open like today, just come on in. You know where everything is. Now, the way that story relates to our gospel, they became good friends. But this Dominican just walked into their life. Jesus called the first disciples and us by him making the first step into our life. And the time we need the most presence of Jesus are those special times when we're in difficulty, in distress, and in the gospel when we need to forgive because we've been hurt. I'd like to reflect with you just for a short time 
on the idea of the joy and hope that comes through our acts of forgiveness. St. John Paul II reminds us that before I can forgive anyone who's hurt me, I need to minister to my own hurt. I need to allow Jesus, the good and compassionate shepherd, to say to my heart, I'm with you, I love you, I understand. So many times, sincere Catholics try to move too quickly to forgive. But before I can forgive, I need to know I'm loved. And only Jesus can tell me in the deepest way of his love. And he understands how badly he was treated, unfairly, unjustly. And in the same gospel we hear, the gospel of Luke, the first words of Jesus from the cross Father, forgive them. So what do we do? Dear Lord, I'm hurting. I'm angry. I'm in pain. And we allow the Lord to speak to our hearts. And then the act of forgiveness. Forgiveness is deeper than my feelings. It's in my will. And that's where love is also, isn't it? Charity is in the will, and so is this act of forgiveness. Now, as human persons, we can make two mistakes which don't help us at all. The first mistake is, oh, that wasn't too bad. I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And so by allowing the Lord to speak to our hearts, that saves us from denial. And we can look at the pain, but we're not looking at it by ourselves. The Lord's with us. And so we stay at his cross. And that prevents us from hurting ourselves another way by falling into a pit of resentment. And we begin to define ourselves by the suffering we're enduring. And sure enough, each time I go back in my mind over that incident, I can find more reasons to be angry and hurt that are really there. I didn't see the first, oh, no wonder I'm angry. But that doesn't go anywhere. It just makes us more and more depressed. So how do we then avoid denial? How do we don't go that way? And how do we not go the other extreme? I already mentioned by being with the Lord. And then we name the very nails of that hurt that are binding us to Jesus. And where there is hurt, where there is suffering, there will also be peace, forgiveness, and reconciliation. So we begin, St. John Paul II says, asking for the grace to begin to forgive. Our will is good, and that desire is real. And so we begin. And then we come to remember that by this act of forgiveness, I am entering in my own way in the life of Jesus. And John Paul II says something very startling and reassuring. As we are praying to forgive, we ourselves, by God's grace, 
become co-redeemers. Whenever I hear confessions, I say at the end a Dominican prayer I heard as a young novice. May the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ and the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints and all the good you do and suffering and penance you endure because be the reason for the forgiveness of your sins, your growth in grace, and the reward of everlasting life. And so this act of forgiveness begins with God's grace, brings us ever more deeply into the life of Jesus, and helps us to achieve what we most want, and that is an ever greater friendship with Jesus. As we continue to celebrate this Mass, and we come in faith to the cross of Calvary, through this Eucharist, we come to the source of all love and forgiveness, the model of forgiveness, and with Christ, we have the courage and the charity to live the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. In this moment, Jesus and the Holy Eucharist doesn't simply see a congregation of faithful people. He sees individual persons whom he loves and has given his life to forgive. May we, who have been so generously, perfectly, completely loved, with Christ's help, be also people of forgiveness. Amen.